Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area. Hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan. Well, hello everyone and welcome. My name is Tom Dolan and you are listening to another episode of Economically Speaking. You know, we've been very fortunate in having some great guests and uh, today is no different as we want to welcome Peter Curry. He's partner at Farrell Fritz Law Firm here located on the island. And uh, well, welcome Peter. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on the program. Uh, as you said, I am a, a partner at Farrell Fritz. I, I practice real estate law. Uh, mainly in the commercial sector uh, and uh, been on Long Island since 1983 as an attorney. Of course, I grew up on Long Island also in, yeah. in Freeport, so I know the island very well. Uh, and over the years, my practice has tended more toward economic development, uh, including IDA and, and other types of economic assistance matters. Uh, got a bit of a reputation for it, do a lot of it, including some very large projects on Long Island and a couple here in your lovely town of Babylon. Yes. Uh, including the well, which I think has been a, a credit to, uh, to certainly the IDA, the developer, and your town. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we've seen a lot going on in Lindenhurst since that project came, and uh, well, we, we both sat at the public hearing also, and it's those same people that say, huh, I guess they were right. And I guess to some extent we need to, not to some extent, but we need to give a shout out to the village also, which oh, was a great foresight in, in determining that that would jumpstart its downtown as it clearly has. Just like Patchogue several years ago, now you see the effect of these things and Lindenhurst now has essentially a, a, a full retail downtown and yes. uh, is gleaning the benefits of that. Yeah. No, it seems to be that uh, the communities that are embracing this type of development that's really making a big difference in those downtowns. And it kind of leads me to my first question. You know, IDAs were originally established to encourage manufacturing and industrial business uh, and get businesses to locate, you know, in the areas served by the IDA. Now it seems to be a little bit more of a concentration on rental project. As an applicant's counsel, can you comment on how such residential projects are consistent with the economic development mission of the IDAs. I, I, I can, and, and the way the statute is drafted, uh, it's been construed broadly, and, and certainly having housing uh, that can be affordable to all levels of wealth in a population is important to be able to operate businesses there. If you can't have workers, then you can't have businesses, and, and you need uh, all different types of workers, including highly skilled, uh, with engineering degrees, other types of professional degrees, and those people need housing. Everybody needs housing. And I think what we've forgotten a little bit on Long Island is the traditional mode of housing where people lived in rentals initially as, as they left their parents' houses, lived for a period of time in rentals, and, and then uh, earned enough income or started a family and moved from rentals to uh, buying a house, maybe eventually buying a, a bigger and better house, and then eventually at the end of that cycle when their kids are leaving, they want to move back to something that's less labor intensive, less expensive to maintain, sure. uh, and they want to move back to rentals. Those rentals, they typically want to be near things. So when people are starting out and when people are post children, they want to be near attractions. Um, so it, it's part of the IDA's mission uh, because these people spend money. I spent right. a lot of money on Long Island, uh, and it's the economic mission of IDAs to encourage all things which bring economic um, 
benefits to, to the neighborhoods of Long Island. Absolutely. Um, and you know, Long Island is America's oldest suburb. And essentially, we, we just talked about a little while ago, it's built out, especially in these kinds of areas. Um, how do you advise your clients on how IDAs can help them locate uh, and grow here? Well, it, it, it's interesting. As, as the oldest suburb, uh, a lot of buildings become obsolete for a variety of reasons. And, and, and even styles of buildings become obsolete uh, and over the course of time. And if you can find a locality that's interested in changing what it has done over the past generations to something new, you can advise your clients to try something like that. A, a, an example of that is is the well in Lindenhurst, which was right. a former industrial facility sure. uh, right near a train station. And traditionally on Long Island, as in so many other places, industrial facilities were near train stations and near the water. Now those two areas are prime areas for redevelopment into residential. Uh, transit-oriented development and, as well as waterfront development uh, are attractive now, whereas in the old days they were the worst neighborhoods. Right. So when you're advising your clients, you're advising them not to uh, be daunted by the fact that Long Island's built out or that, that there's a certain amount of nimbyism, but if they can make their project attractive to the local neighborhood, to the politicians, but more so the, the voters, uh, they can have a successful project. Uh, and, and I... I also think we're seeing successful projects. Every time there's a successful project, you have the ability to point it out and move on to the next one. Sure. Whether that's a different type of industrial, uh, you know, let, let, let's talk about uh, high ceiling warehouses in neighborhoods that used to have, you know, they, they had height requirements, height you know, restrictions, sure. and now everybody's saying, why do we have that height restriction if it's more efficient to build higher so you, you see it in not only the residential area, but you see it in industrial warehouse distribution. Um, you, you see it in manufacturing. Uh, there's a certain amount of openness now that there wasn't before. And I encourage clients to try it out before they figure that they can't do it. Sure. That makes sense. You know, just, just listening to what you're talking about with the housing and, you know, the nimbyism and, and some of the things that go on, there is a little bit of a disconnect, right? Because we know, studies show that housing is something that is needed here to, you know, like you said, to keep people, to attract people here as well. Um, but yet, you, you talk to people, no more. It's too built up. It's too much, you know? What, what are your thoughts around that? Um, my, my thoughts are that um, it, there, there are two different things. There's, there's a maximum amount of population you can have in a locality, and, and, and then there's trying to house those people in, in the manner that's best for everybody. Hmm. Okay, so I, I, can, can I opine as to whether there are too many people or too few people in Long Island? I can't. But I can tell you that for the people here, they should have various housing options, and they should be able to uh, meet, meet their own needs. And, and, and right now, um, we keep using the, the number of 100,000 rental units too few. Uh, for the current population right. uh, and, and for a healthy uh, maintenance and growth of that population uh, so that we can keep our business here. We, we do have an aging population mm -hmm. uh, and as with any other aging area, you need to replace those people with younger people. Um, so I, I, I just think that um, we're, we're not... We're not dealing with all the, 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 the needs that we have. I, I was before the, uh, another IDA recently, 
And it was a, a, a tough application because the project was essentially a, a luxury rental housing with a certain number of affordable and workforce units. Right. And I actually you know, caught a decent amount of flack from the board on that with, with very legitimate concerns that they didn't really want to be seen as subsidizing uh, luxury housing. But the argument is that it, it's not just luxury housing in a vacuum. It's luxury housing from people who move there from homes, which they sell to other people who move up from other homes, smaller homes, sure. and sell those homes to people who are rentals. It, re it really is the life cycle of, um, of citizens. And, and, and so we, we need to meet all those. Now, now, those renters who are going to be living in the luxury apartments will spend a lot of money in the locality. Absolutely. And, and we can't ignore that fact. Yes, we need more, a lot more affordable housing. Right. Uh, and, and, right. and there are a few things which make that very difficult. High price of land high price of, of materials and construction costs on Long Island. Those, to my mind, uh, high cost of energy you know, to a certain extent also. But, but really, it, it's finding land that people will agree can have the density of units and also can be affordable. Uh, that continues to be a problem on Long Island. Not sure, not sure that's ever going to go away. Uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, so in, in the parents will see their children leave and wonder why they're not staying. Right. At the same time as they will have an issue with affordable housing. <laughs> that's what I mean. There seems to be a disconnect. But no, that's a, that's a great point. And um, so let's move to, you know, when you're speaking to your clients, what are, what are the areas as far as in the industrial and, manufact and the manufacturing sectors that do you feel is still capable of growing here on Long Island? A very, very interesting question. I, I, I think... Um, Pharmaceuticals and, and nutraceuticals continue to be an area that we can grow and develop on Long Island because of the educational institutions that we have here, uh, which, which can allow people to move very quickly from graduating with their degree to finding a decent job at one of those, uh, you know, one of those companies. Um, I think there are areas we haven't thought about. I'm, I'm representing a developer out east who really is trying to think about avionics and, and other um, you know, new types of technologies mm. as the type of business that would be located on Long Island. We're not going to be a mass producer. Our, our, um, you know, our manufacturers are not mass producers on Long Island for a variety of reasons. Right. Uh, it, it, it really is going to be those um, manufacturers where each item they manufacture has high value. And I see that on Long Island being very highly educated island highly educated workforce mm -hmm. uh, we have the ability to do these things and, and again one of the reasons why mass production will not work here is our highway system and what it would take to get products off Long Island. now I, I know there are a couple of rail facilities that are being planned additional rail facilities i think that will be of some assistance right. but again because those commercial rail facilities have to work in and around the long island railroad that's not going to be the panacea for uh, all, all development. I, I, I still think it's going to be high-value items, uh, which are manufactured by a highly educated workforce. Makes sense. Very good. I, I think the other side, though, that the, the warehouse and distribution side, uh, again, we're now we're moving toward um, high-ceiling buildings. Currently, a lot of plans for large buildings for large users. I think over the next few years, you'll see that not all of those plans will go through and people will start to consider constructing for the more traditional Long Island warehouse distribution user, you know, 
50,000 feet, 35,000 feet, up to 100,000 feet. Sure. Um, and I, I think we'll, we'll see a, a lot of that. I, I just represented somebody in front of an IDA, and, and, and that IDA had, had um, expressed concern over the number of large buildings that were being planned in that town. Hmm. And my, my answer to that is, listen, it, if there aren't any users, they won't build them. So, so you, they can plan them, you can go to an IDA and get approved for it, but if you don't have the users, you're not going to build them, especially in this economy. So you don't need to worry about it that much. Right. At right. the same time, I had a smaller um, building being built that could handle a couple of thirty-five to 50,000 square foot users, and the board saw the wisdom of that. Right. They, they basically said, okay, there, there, there continues to be a market for that type of user on Long Island who doesn't need robotics. They, 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 they don't need everything state-of-the-art, but a nice, new, clean building with higher ceilings is of value to them. Sure. So that will continue to happen on the land. Yeah, and I think some of that was exposed, right, during COVID, when we had the supply chain issues of a need, you know, exactly it, what you're talking it, about. It, it was, exactly. And, and I think it's also one of those things that now that it's passed, you don't go back. Right. So, you, you know, you, you don't say this was an emergency, the emergency's over, let's go back to the way we were doing right. business. Right. Uh, right. I, I think people say, well, this is actually very efficient. And, and it's, you know, we, we had to come to this conclusion, but we're glad we did. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you mentioned just a little bit ago as far as, you know, aging population, right? Um, where do IDAs fit in addressing the social, education, and health needs of these longtime residents? <laughs> Another good question. If you looked at the traditional role of IDAs, it would have had nothing to do with that. Sure. Okay, but, but now there are, um, and, and, and again, IDAs are, are restricted from doing uh, certain retail uh, that would be, meet the needs of, of this population. So I, I, I think the... I think the agencies are doing what whatever they can in terms of um, entertainment and, and uh, other. It, 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 it's difficult. I will say it's difficult to meet the needs of that population through an economic assistance agency. Right. Um, I do think that IDAs are taking some of the money that they get from the projects that they're doing, and they're, and they're not just leaving it in their coffers. They are trying to expend it in certain other things. But I, I think. And then this is a more general statement that IDAs should spend more time um, really partnering with educational sources on Long Island. Uh, when you listen to the upstate IDAs, and I think you, you, you've been to the conferences I've been to, sure. where the amount of energy that's expended between a local IDA and all of the other educational, economic assistance, uh, town, county agencies, to get very small projects approved. Uh, and and it really, it's a full force effort to, to get a 70 or 80,000 square foot building with, with 50 employees. And they really involve the universities, colleges, uh, their high schools, uh, the, the entire system is involved in the effort to bring this in. Right. Okay. And right now, the IDAs can see what the needs are, certainly in, in the industrial area, but also the, you know, the, the post-industrial, what the needs of its senior citizens are, including uh, medical needs, uh, other, other types of needs. And I think that IDAs can assist the educational institutions in saying, you need to target your efforts toward these particular things which will benefit our citizens. And there's always that debate between a liberal arts education and a more focused education. And I graduate of a liberal arts education, so I, I'm, ver I'm 
really understand what that brings. Mm. But not everybody is interested in that. And those who are not interested in that should have a direction that the IDAs can assist in saying, if you take this direction, we think it will make sense. Right. Um, so I, I think I think that's actually very important, uh, they, that the IDAs should be coordinating with BOCES, they should be coordinating with these other uh, educational institutions, the colleges, the high schools, and just saying, you know, if, if people are interested uh, and they get those educations, there will be a place for them. Gotcha. Yeah, you got to make those connections, no doubt. Um, and again, like you said, being up at these conferences we attend and seeing some of the success stories uh, in other parts of the state. Um, and right. when Brian was here, Brian Silva was here a couple episodes ago, he talked about the semiconductor industry up there and some of the things that are going on and they're attracting businesses and working with the universities up there. So yeah, to your point, it's uh, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and everybody will point to the fact that there are so many uh, governing jurisdictions on Long Island that it's almost impossible to get that level of coordination. I don't, I don't believe that. Right. Uh, one of the things, and one of the reasons why I don't believe that is just seeing that the IDAs are partnering with each other on Long Island, where it used to be uh, everyone looked out solely for itself, but now you see that the agencies have a, a group that meets, they try yeah. to do region-wide uh, initiatives, uh, they cooperate with each other, uh, and they're friendly, which yeah. was not always the case. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's not really dependent upon political parties anymore. I think that the professionals who run the agency see the benefit of working together. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said, some people thought we compete, but we, we really don't. Look, if, if where we are, if the town of Babylon makes sense for either a developer or a business owner, it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, we want to make those introductions and keep that business here and keep it local. Yeah, and, we, yeah. and we work with our, uh, our counterparts yep. on that. Yeah. Um, do you see areas where, again, you just talked about it a little bit, where Long Island IDAs can cooperate with each other to leverage the regional advantages we have to retain and attract business? I, I, I do. I, I, I do. And, and again, these conferences that we go to, which are statewide conferences, uh, Long Island is, I, I think, outsiders see us more as a region than perhaps we do ourselves. Uh, and, and I think the, the more that our agencies understand that, that we are a very symbiotic region, both with New York City and with our two counties, uh, the, the more of that that we do, uh, common educational goals, you know, as I mentioned, and uh, common economic goals, you know, I'd like to see uh, some you know, consistency in how certain projects are handled. It does seem to vary from agency to agency. Uh, it's not always a, a level playing field, and I understand that each project has uh, its particular benefits and, and burdens that sometimes require that you have a unique solution to that particular uh, project and are required to give greater benefits than you might otherwise to another project. But I, I, I think, um, I, I know the agencies are, are all have pretty much the same attitude toward uh, certainly industrial development, uh, certainly uh, housing, and each agency I know is trying desperately more to get more workforce and affordable housing, uh, and, and they're really essentially defining it the same way these days. So I, I think there is there are common understandings. You just like to see um, the economic effect that all the IDAs could put if they joined together in certain initiatives. Sure. Uh, and and I, I think it would just benefit us in general. Sure. You know, as, as, you're, as you're saying that too, I'm saying to myself too, is you know, sometimes it's the messaging. You know, part of this podcast is to get this information out there and messaging. And, you know, with the uh, governor's proposal recently with housing, 
you know, we've seen it, and then you listen to some of the messaging coming out and the fear tactics that take place, and it's kind of like it it kind of can disrupt things. You know? well, well, although I, I will I will say that every one of the towns seemed to have a response indicating that they were going to try to do something more with right. regard to affordable housing. Right. So Huntington, you know, passes an initiative with accessory apartments and and. Uh, Everybody responds. So, so you know, there's you know, home room, home rule, certainly. But then they say, yes, we ought to do something about this. And I, th I think you're seeing it down to the level of the villages. So it's not, not just the towns, but everybody is, is feeling that they have to respond to this. I think there's a certain amount of fear that if you don't respond sooner or later, uh, it, it, it's going to be imposed upon you. And, and so you'll never want to do the level that the governor is mentioning. But right. you better get started on something. Yeah, and, and and there are you know various projects that have been held up for a while for a variety of reasons. There's a moratorium in, in uh, town of Hempstead and certain projects. Right. Uh, the the Hicksville uh, overlay district has been a little slow to get going, and I I think thing, things will now pick up mm -hmm. as, as a as a consequence of um, a. a, a you know, being defensive by taking offense, I mean, by going on the offensive. Right. It really is going to be the way you want, want to make sure that nothing gets imposed upon you, then how about you yeah. do something about it? Agreed. And, and, and I, think, I think that's great. I think it's, uh, you know, Southhold now has a new, uh, you know, a new department, which is going to be looking into affordable housing. So right. everybody's, everybody's responding. They're yeah. starting to look at their own property in their own town, their own village, and say, all right, where can we, where can we do this? Where right. can we help out? Right. Now, all, all of those projects, especially the entirely affordable projects, the amount of effort it takes to finance those, among other things, is, is daunting. Now, the tax credits, uh, combination of IDA and tax credits and a bunch of other investments and you know, going to the county and getting a couple of million here, going someplace else, getting a few million there, it, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a project in and of itself. You, you, you have to be skilled in that as much as constructing a building. Right. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure that will ever get any easier. It's, you know, the, our, our economic system is not, is not really made to, uh, to build affordable housing. Gotcha. But uh, again, every time you have a successful project, it, it, the next project becomes more doable right. to the next developer or to the same developer. Makes sense. Um, well, Peter, any any parting thoughts or suggestions? Maybe what you'd like to see moving forward. Uh, that that's a big question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think. Uh, listen, I, I I I think the messaging of IDAs again with regard to economic assistance. You know, we discussed it a little bit. It, 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 it's. It's been seen so negatively, portrayed so negatively uh, by the potential audience that I think that's one thing that all the agencies ought to get together and have a consistent message about what it really is. It's funny, I still get potential clients come to me and ask, well, did the IDA have any money for me? Right. And right. The, the answer is always that that's, that's not their job. Their job is to make your project more feasible while yeah. giving you certain economic uh, incentives and, and, and abatements um, so that you can uh, appropriately price your project and construct it. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, again, there still is this negativity, there's a misunderstanding about pilots versus real estate taxes, 
And uh, I, I know it's not an easy issue and it's not, um, you, you, you can't exactly do it in a chart that everybody understands. Sure. Uh, but, uh, and, and really everybody's concentrating, they're not concentrating on sales tax abatements and mortgage tax abatements. Right. <laughs> they don't get that money or not get that money. Right. Um, and I, I, for most of my projects now, I do bring in an economic study. So I, I don't, I don't just put an application in and then talk to the, to the project. I go to one of the economic consulting firms that indicates the value of the project while it's being constructed and operated. Uh, and I know a lot of the ideas are starting to request that or, or they're actually doing their own. Sure. Um, sure. And I think that that's a good benefit to every project to say, okay, here's, here's where we are without the project. Here's where we are during the construction of the project. You'll note an incredible increase in temporary economic benefit to your locality. Right. And then here we are once the project is operational, where again, you now have an annual consistent uh, impact, economic impact on your community, as well as you know, the, the pilots increasing pretty much every year and, and bringing the project up to far more than the property would be if the project hadn't started. So, and, and, and it's got to be a message that, uh, that we just say over and over again until people understand it. Sure. And, and part of that is, again, in listening to what you're saying, I think of sometimes um, the scope in which things are presented, right, With, from another source. <laughs> yeah. And what I mean by that is it's, you know, this amount of tax abatement creates this job, and, but it's very limited. And my point being is that there's an economic impact that you see directly and there's also an economic impact that we see indirectly. Yes. Right. That we. Yes. It's not measurable. It's not in those. Uh, that messaging. That yeah, we, we, yeah. Which is the, the studies that I, I get. We actually study the direct and indirect and induced effect of them, and uh, it, it, it makes for a very interesting reading. I mean, my as a shorthand, I figure that every dollar that gets spent on construction is about a dollar seventy in economic impact. Yeah. Um, and. You know, then the annual impact of, of something being there that wasn't there before, of course, is enormous yep. and steady. Yep. Um, so it's, it's not it's not even it's not even temporary. You're able to count on it every year and actually count on it every year increasing sure. in value. So um, it it, uh, it it's got to be a message that we do a better job, and a, it, I think we all think we're doing a pretty good job of it. But sure. somehow the message is not getting through. Even, even to our newspaper of record, uh, it supports some projects. It doesn't support others. I don't think it ever brings. It, I don't think it ever really discusses the um, secondary, you know, induced and secondary effects of construction and operation. Sure. And and it really shouldn't understand that. So. No. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I just want to remind everybody. Uh, again, we're sitting with Peter Curry. Um, and his contact information and everything will be on our show notes. But Peter, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your contact information. If somebody wants to reach out to you, a business owner, a developer, how would they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, again, my name is Peter Curry, and my telephone number is 516-227-0772. And my email address, prosaically enough, is P-C-U-R-R-Y at Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z, dot com. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this as much as I have. Uh, Peter, again, we want to thank you for being here, uh, taking time out of your busy day. Uh, it is much appreciated. 
And uh, we want to thank you again. And uh, again, everyone, you are listening to Economically Speaking. My name is Tom Dolan. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. This episode of Economically Speaking podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. To find out more information about today's topic, our guest, or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links.